How's it going, everybody? We are normally live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Kick, and Twitter, but we are not right now. We are pre-recording. Um, text us at 833-262-6431 if you have any disagreements with anything we're, we're going to say in this podcast or if you just want to make some kind of comments or just want to use the text line to say what's up. Definitely go ahead and do that. Um, if you subscribe and comment to any of our videos, we are doing a giveaway from Apostles Attic and giving a shirt away. So if you subscribe and comment, you will be entered into that giveaway and you can choose the design as well. Um, my name is Austin. I'm with Apostles Attic and you can find me here on Faithful Dialogues and I'm with my buddy Ryan. Hey everybody, my name's Ryan and uh, I stream my own personal stuff over at AIIW.org. So if you want some more content from me, come and check it out. Uh, we'll be watching a little bit of it later on, one of my more popular videos I'm pretty proud of, actually. Uh, but uh, yeah, and just uh, to make that clear, it's ApostlesAttic, A-T-T-I-C dot com. Uh, so yeah, I hope that you guys all go check that out. Hopefully uh, in the future we'll have some of my own merch up there. We're trying to work that out, and I'm excited to see their store grow and expand and them do a lot of work to help uh, spread God's gospel. <laughs> Yeah, and while we're on that subject too, um, the idea for the Apostles Attic web Attic website, yeah, unfortunately, the way that is spelled, I just keep it keeps rolling off the tongue wrong. But um, ApostlesAttic.com, um, if you're if you're trying to get into Christ-centered clothing line, or, and you have designs or want designs, and uh, you want somebody to basically take care of that whole process for you, I can make a tab on my website and do put everything there, and that's what I plan to do with Ryan's uh, as it is written merch is make a as it is written tab. So if you basically go to Apostles Attic and click the as is written tab, you would find all of his stuff there. And I would take care of all of his needs. He would basically just maybe email me or, or message me and just say, hey, this is what I want on a new shirt. Or if he already has a design, he can upload that too. And yeah, we can go over all the, the arrangements there. Um, did you have anything else to say, Ryan, before I move on into the gospel message? No, no, let's move on into the most important part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. All right. So everybody, I, I wanted to urge you to put your, your faith into Jesus Christ and tell you the good news. And the good news is that God paid for our sins with his life. And to kind of give a little context, the God that created absolutely everything stepped into his creation through the person as the person, Jesus Christ, he he was born of the Virgin Mary and he lived the perfect life so that his life could be a sacrifice for our sins. We find out that we need um, a, bl a, a blood covering of our sins way back in Genesis when God approves of Abel, Abel's offering but we all, or his sacrifice. And basically, yeah, so God um, became man, was Jesus Christ, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for our sins, and uh, was raised to life three days later by the Father. And if we believe that Jesus Christ is the Jewish Messiah, that he is the Christ— the ones um, that God was going to send, uh, then we're going to have eternal life as the Bible puts it. And we, um, when we pass on from this life into the next life, there will not be any condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So that's why I urge you to put your faith in Jesus Christ. And then Ryan also Amen. has a message for us. Yes. So if you are a sinner who is saved by grace, 
and uh, you've accepted Jesus Christ into your life, you believe in him, you profess with your mouth that he is Lord, uh, your next job is to start growing in your knowledge and understanding of him and acting as a priest of his. So it's your job to go out into the community, to minister to them, to spread the gospel. And uh, what's cool about that is it's a, it's a very monumental responsibility, but it's one that all of us Christians share. And it's a huge blessing and a benefit for the person doing the sharing to go out and do it. You, you just see so many lives that get changed, so much uh, wonderful, so many wonderful things that God can do through you as you're just going out and being faithful to his commands. So I just pray that everybody that's listening that's a Christian does that as well. Yeah, and one, one way I've actually started to try to think about it is the Bible and all of God's commands are actually the cheat codes to life. It's not God wagging his finger and saying, this is what you must do to please me. It's, I mean, yes, it also will please him, but it's basically how to live the life that God has planned for you and living life outside of that plan is going to, is not, is not the, you're not going to find the fullness of, of that joy. You're not, it's just, so yeah. So when, for instance, like God says, have sex inside of a marriage with your wife. Can you imagine all of the problems that happen when you have sex with people outside of a marriage? And children are born into a family that, you know, don't have a mother and a father that I I'm I'm one of those those people. Um, I my my parents weren't married. They weren't together. And that caused a lot of problems. And so um, but then there's also people that uh, can say issues otherwise. But basically, I'm trying to I, I just kind of want people to know that uh, I when I came to approach the Bible for the first time, I was kind of thinking God just had a bunch of rules that I needed to follow. And I was kind of I was ready to swallow that pill because I knew I, I wanted to pursue God. But then as I started looking into all of this stuff, I realized everything that he has for me in his word is all good for me. It's he I, I come to realize reading the Bible that all of the stuff God is saying to do or not do, he actually is looking out for my best interest. And I it it kind of reveals this whole extra layer of God and how he cares about you. Like everything he suggests is something that will bless you. Like everything he says to do will bless you. Everything he says to not do will bless you. And I didn't realize that until I started basically being obedient to God. And um, yeah, but Ryan, would you like to touch on that, Ryan? Um, yeah, you know, it's just incredible the uh, the wonderful things that God can do through uh, through your life once you give it to him. You know, even though you had that tough childhood that wasn't centered around Christ, he can redeem that time. He's going to use you for some wonderful and great things because of the experiences that you've been through. He's going to use me for wonderful and great things because of the experiences that I've been through. And that's that's the beauty of God is he's perfectly uh, knowledgeable about every single second of the universe's existence. And so he's planned it out in such a way to utilize our free will, but to do his perfect will. And so what the Bible promises us is that uh, for, uh, you know, uh, all things work to good for those who trust in him. Okay, so it's not that all things will be good. There's going to be bad things that happen to you. But God weaves that into his will and into the uh, history of the universe and uses that to bring about his um, his ultimate glory and to bring about our salvation. You know, uh, obviously, we've already been saved. But yeah, so um. Yeah, oh. uh, to bring yeah uh, to bring about the salvation of other people is what I should say. <laughs> no worries. Uh, <clears throat> all yeah, right. Uh, 
you know, one one thing that's actually been coming up, I uh, I've really recently started getting into Twitter, and so uh, there's okay. a, a a wonderful lady on there. Her name's Lizzie, and uh, she she lived a really tough life. She was a, a drug addict for a long time, but God reached down into the gutter, as she would say, and and pulled her out of it. And uh, you know, unfortunately, nice. she she's married. She, fortunately, she's married now, but unfortunately, they've been having some issues with. Uh, 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 not being able to conceive, or she'll conceive and then uh, miscarry. She's done that a few times, unfortunately. But what God has done is he's using her to be able to reach other people who are on Twitter who are going through those same kinds of things. And so it's just beautiful to be able to see how God is even using the pain that she's going through to help bring other people to Christ and to help uh, you know, minister to those people in a, in a, in a different way. And so while it's, t- it's tough and painful for her, uh, it's going to be beautiful in heaven when she gets to be with all those people that she's had a, an impact on. And ultimately what the Bible teaches in 2 Samuel is that uh, children who are infants who die are going to heaven. That's just a fact. It, a lot of people want to say that the Bible doesn't touch on that subject. Uh, but what happens in 2 Samuel is, you know, I'll just bring it up. Uh, if you want to vamp for a I, second here, well, I bring no, that up. it's awesome that you you bring that up because I brought that up to some friends. They, um, they who are very good friends of mine and they're Bible based Christians and stuff. And I was basically saying because we were talking a couple days earlier about this, and then you brought it up, and I was like, guys, I, I uh, my, I, I think I have it because of like you know what you brought up, and I, and I told them like I think I, uh, I think I. I think the Bible speaks about infants actually going to heaven when they die. And then I showed him this verse and I was like, either we're going to say that um, this is a specific case only for David's kid, which I don't think is the case or, or it's the case for, you know what I mean? Or it's the case mm-hmm. for all of us. Yep. And so I'm, I'm going to lean on the, it's the case for all of us and all babies. Cause I, I, I would, that. So I don't uh, I'll, I'll have an explanation for you here after we get through it, that'll kind of answer some of those things you're saying. Uh, but this comes to us out of chapter 12 of the book of 2 Samuel in the English translation. And uh, it's going to be verse 22, but I'm going to set that up for you first. Uh, the scene here is David is a horribly evil and wicked man. And he <laughs> saw he saw a really beautiful woman bathing on her rooftop, and he went over and had sex with her. Okay? Pretty common story. Uh, lots of Lots of guys do this. But what happens later is she's apparently married to a man named Uriah, which he knew. This wasn't like uh, it wasn't like he didn't know this, but he's mar- she was married to a man named Uriah, who is one of uh, David's best soldiers. And so, uh, because of the sin that he committed, uh, she conceives a child. Uh, ultimately, King David ends up having him murdered uh, in war. He uh, gives commands to send Uriah into the thickest part of the fight and then commands his soldiers to leave him uh, behind and retreat away from him to let him die in battle. So ultimately he dies in battle, and uh, what we see is that King David uh, marries Bathsheba, and the child that they had conceived during this night of passion um, is born, and but the child is born sick. And so ultimately the child dies seven days after his birth. And the, and the reason why that's important is because this child was not circumcised. And so as far as the Jewish people were concerned, he hadn't been fully brought into the family of Abraham. And what we see is here in verse 22, 
David is more uh, was mourning his child while the child was sick. But in verse 22, it says, David replied, I fasted and wept while the child was alive. For I said, perhaps the Lord will be gracious to me and let the child live. But why should I fast when he is dead? Can I bring him back again? And this is the key part. I will go to him one day, but he cannot return to me. And so the question you have to ask yourself is, A, where does King David go when he dies? And B, is this child some, was this child saved in some way? Did this child do anything to, to earn his way into heaven or accept Jesus Christ or anything like that? And the answer is no. The child had no capability of doing anything like that. The child wasn't even circumcised. And despite that, date King David is absolutely sure that one day he's going to go be in heaven with his child. And so I think that's an absolutely beautiful picture of the kind of faith that we should have as Christians. While, while our children are sick, while, um, you know, we can mourn and we, can, we should obviously be doing absolutely everything we can to save them. But if unfortunately the worst case happens, your children are going to be in heaven, despite anything else, okay? And so that's, you know, it's just beautiful how, how God has put these verses in there for us, you know, that we can search out, we can find, and, and they're there for us to share with people who are having a tough time, who are grieving, right? So, yeah. I, I just wanted to share that, and it's, it's just beautiful how, uh, how God can use even the, you know, this is one of the worst sins David commits, murder, adultery, it leads to a civil war in Israel, like, the, the, this one act that he did with Bathsheba is probably one of the worst things he does in his entire life. Um, but even then, God uses that to give us this assurance that our children who, who die in childbirth or who die in the, you know, who miscarry or who die really young gives us that assurance that they're going to be in heaven and that we're going to get to be with them someday. So, yeah, that's awesome. I, um, it's, it's, it's comforting to know. Like, Amen. yeah, there's, um, yeah. Okay. Um, let's go ahead and move on. And two things we have coming up. Um, we're going to be reacting to an, as it is written clip. And also one thing we want to start doing on, on the, the stream is reading a bit of Proverbs, which, um, Ryan, do you want to give us any kind of background information on the book of Proverbs? Yeah, so uh, the book of Proverbs was written by what uh, I believe he's the wisest man to ever live. I'm not sure if the Bible says that, but there's definitely that belief about him. Um, and his name is Solomon. He was king of Israel after his father, King David, who we just talked about. And so uh, King Solomon actually is the second son <clears throat> of Bathsheba, who we also just talked about. And so out of that horrible tragedy also comes uh, the wisest king that Israel has ever had. And so uh, King Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs, which are a bunch of his sayings. You know what? Actually, let me double check that. I might have that wrong. It might have been David. I always get these confused. Before I completely really lead us astray, let me make sure. <laughs> king, yeah, the, these are the Proverbs of Solomon. <laughs> okay. Are well, every uh, single proverb written by Solomon, or does anybody else write any proverbs? Uh, all of the proverbs are written by Solomon. Uh, the Psalms, so the book before this in the Old Testament is called Psalms. Those were mostly written by King David, I believe like three quarters of them. Uh, a few were written by Moses, a few were written by a high priest, I believe at the time, and a oh, few wow. were written by Solomon. Uh, but Proverbs is 100% from 
uh, King Solomon himself. Cool. All uh, right. As it, and uh, it says that to us as in the first um, in the first verse here. If, we, when, if you want me to read it now or later. Um, let's do your clip first, and okay. then we'll go ahead and, and get into that. Um, Let me, uh, get to the right source, because I need to, there we go, okay. All right, so what is, what clip, what, what do we have here? So, on my main channel, I do a lot of reaction videos, uh, specifically, a lot of them are in relation to, like, Joe Rogan and other big podcasters, Jordan Peterson, that sort of thing, um... And so this is an interesting clip where Joe Rogan is talking about differences between humans and animals. And so uh, I'll, I won't spoil it any more than that. It's just a short little minute-long clip. And uh, cool. whenever you're ready. All right. And three, two, one. Zebras are fascinating. Everything's fascinating, but not like us. Do you think humans stand out that much yes. uh, from, from the rest of life on Earth? Equally as fascinating as the interaction between ants. Or well, I think those are fascinating, too. I don't think anybody would think that ants aren't fascinating. But ants can't nuke the whole planet a hundred times over and pointing weapons at each other. And like we, we have a weird ability to change the, the surface of the Earth. We've understand. created these structures yep. that rise hundreds and hundreds of feet into the sky. They're all made out of glass. Like, we're wild. We're so different than any other animal. I agree. We are different from any other animal because we're not another animal. We're a creature that was created by God and given the command to be fruitful and multiply. And so that's what you see. That's why we build such incredible buildings and do so many wonderful things. Now we've sinned, which is why we also have nukes. But that's a different story. Nice. Thank I mean, you. Let's go ahead and leave this activity. Yes, I was so about that to do that. We just got to get over to the right stuff real quick. Sorry. No worries, no worries. All right. Well, that that was that's a very some very good content, guys. If you like um as it is written and some of the content there, there are some very creative shorts over on as it is written. The, that's your YouTube channel, right? Mm -hmm. AIIW.org is where you can get all the links. I've got those are all up on YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, wherever you're at. That's where I try to be. So you can yeah, find so all you those see... links. So you see similarities in sorry sorry I no you're good you're good I, my, my my mind is like always <laughs> racing <laughs> um you see a lot of similarities with animals with us and like and yeah just in nature you look out and you see um some similarities um one of the things being genders are you are we are we comfortable talking about this on this <laughs> uh um on this stream where where are you at with that. Yeah, so I'm totally comfortable with it. Uh, I think that might get into a little bit more of a complicated topic than you, than you might want to get into, because a, a lot of the mammals have two genders, but I know that recently a lot of scientists have been trying to label other animals and different things as having multiple genders, and ones oh, that change. Um, and I don't know the specifics enough to get into all of that. But what I do know is that God created us all, all human beings with only two genders. There, there's either XX or XY, as far as our chromosomes are concerned. There's very few edge cases where there's some mutations that occur, where you get like a double X and a Y, or, you know, some other stuff. But those are very minor edge cases, and not when we're ta what we are talking about when we are talking about normal, everyday transgender people here in the United States. Uh, those people are have a uh, condition called uh, gender dysphoria, where they are they feel like they are in the wrong body. the 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 weird thing about that is no one even knows what that actually means. What does it mean for a man to quote feel like he is a woman? 
How does the man mm. know that he feels like a woman? You know what I'm saying? I don't know what it feels like to be a woman. I have no idea. So if I were to all of a sudden just start saying that I'm a woman, saying that I feel like a woman, that doesn't even make sense because I have no frame of reference to even say that I feel like a woman. The best you could say is that you're a man who feels like they might be a woman or feels feminine, I guess. So just the whole entire premise of transgenderism is, is, is faulty. It's, it's, a, it's a psychological disorder, and it's something that we should treat with all the respect that it's due, but that doesn't mean that we have to accept the, the, the falsehoods that they're forcing us to speak. That's, that's the other problem with that whole movement is they force you to, they compel your speech, which is an issue, especially here in the United States where we have free speech. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a lot we can get into. Mm -hmm. I would say like, as, as far as scripture goes, um, God made them male and female. And so that's, um, I, I was just basically going to say like, when you're, uh, humans are so different even though they share a lot of similarities like mm -hmm. we, we definitely pee and poop and sleep like animals <laughs> and we definitely get hungry and want to you know provide for our 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 children like animals do you, you you see most mammals um including their children and other um members of their pod or flock or whatever they're doing so like there's usually like a lead animal that will uh, look for stuff and then everybody will follow do you know what i mean and so it's it's just interesting. So you see like a lot of similarities and I was going to um, add under to one of those things. And then, and yeah, you, you mentioned edge cases, you know, in, in nature, you've got edge cases, you've got frogs, you've got seahorses. There's like a lot of stuff, but for like the majority of the case, as well as human beings, you've got, you've got like God made them male and female. But then again, you have these weird uh, times when uh, mm -hmm. something like, but then Matt Walsh covers this very beautifully. I, yes. um, I, I like this. I like his content. Um, he's very yeah. very smart guy, especially uh, when it comes to uh, like the what is a woman type stuff. Right, uh, you, exactly. You do, you do have to be careful. I, I don't think he speaks about theology terribly much, which is pretty typical because he's a Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you you just have to be careful and understand that about him. He doesn't understand who Jesus Christ is. He doesn't agree that there was a one time for all sacrifice. Right. He he believes you still need to have that sacrifice represented every single day. So. Matt Walsh is great on a lot of stuff, uh, but we just need to know that that's kind of the where he's coming from. Um, but the other thing that I would want to talk about with different animals is what we see in the animal kingdom is that God created different animals as different kinds. Okay, and when oh, yeah uh, the yeah back in Genesis with Noah mm -hmm. yeah the kinds thing yes, and so what that means is it's talking what it, it it reiterates that in different places in the Bible of different kinds of flesh. So like when you go and you eat a fish that's not the same kind of flesh that a chicken has. And a chicken doesn't have the same kind of flesh that a human has, right? And so all the animals got created with different kinds of flesh. And what I believe the Bible teaches, and, and I don't think we've ever seen an example of an animal changing from one kind of flesh into another. We see great diversity among different kinds of animals that are all part of the same kind, so a penguin and a chicken are both birds, but they're not the same uh, type of flesh. They're not the no, they are the same type of flesh, but they're not the they're not they're not close enough that they could reproduce together themselves. Okay? Oh, um, oh, interesting. So, but what we've never seen is a penguin turn into a walrus, right? Like that doesn't happen. A uh, uh, penguin flesh can't be morphed so much 
that it turns into mammal flesh. And so that's the claim of evolution, is that there was one kind of life, and that one kind of life created all other life on the planet Earth through a process of mutation and natural selection over time. And, and so... And that just stopped now, and we're just chilling. Uh, no, they would say it hasn't <laughs> stopped, but that it's, it's slow, and that it happens over millions and billions of years. And, oh. and so you can't see it in a single generation. You can't see it in five generations. But in a thousand generations, they claim you would see it. The, the problem is that even with like bacteria and viruses where we can get a thousand generations within a couple days, we still don't see a bacteria changing into a different kind of thing. We don't see anything change from one kind of thing into another. And so that's, that's where I push back against science. I 100% believe in what's called microevolution or natural selection that changes uh where, like traits change like mm -hmm. hair color changes or skin color changes or like uh yeah just different things yeah. like your eye color changes or how hairy um, you are changes or so just... the uh what what darwin based the whole theory of evolution on was microevolution. so he was at the galapagos islands over the course of a few different years and he noticed that the beak sizes of the finches were changing based on what the previous years uh uh, seeds were like and so what you'll see is that beak sizes change to get access to different seeds because the birds with the larger beaks can crack open the harder shells on the seeds one year the birds with the smaller beaks can get the seeds that fell into the cracks the next year and so you'll see nature select for different things and and cause certain traits to be passed on or not passed on but again what we never see what no scientist can ever claim to have seen is any kind of a change from one thing into a different kind of thing. We don't see the fossil record of a million little steps that go inch by inch going from, uh, you know, a whale into a lizard. You know, like, that doesn't happen. There's no evidence of that. There's no evidence that a chimpanzee, uh, you know, our common ancestor with a chimpanzee ended up turning into us and into the chimpanzees. There's no evidence for that anywhere in the fossil record. And the other problem that archaeology and, and, and these sorts of studies have is that there have just been so many hoaxes. Uh, a lot of the skeletons that you see, what they'll do is they'll fill in different bones with what they think should have been there. So they'll have like... What? Yeah, so there's, there was a scandal <laughs> where uh, somebody found a pig's tooth and then built an entire skeleton of, a, of, a, of an inter... Of a inter uh, intermediate species of uh, of a monkey uh, of monkey from going from a monkey to a human basically and so they just whole cloth made it up and so uh, a lot of the skeletons that you see in museums aren't real they're like casts of the of the bones and a lot of the bones they had to just make up based off of what they think it should look like oh, there's a no. lot of real sketchy stuff with this you know science of archaeology and and, uh, and all <laughs> these bones you know, and it, it, the problem is, is uh, so like take dinosaurs. If you go and you dig up a dinosaur skeleton, you're not going to find the entire skeleton. There's going to be bones that are missing. Okay. And what, but, and the other problem that makes this an issue is if you claim, if you make up a bone and make it look a little bit different than what a bone of another already found dinosaur would look like, 
then you can name that dinosaur and it's now your dinosaur. Oh my. Oh and so my. so what you see throughout science, I mean even up until like the 60s, 70s and 80s, you see probably till today, I can't imagine it would stop, but a scientist will go and dig up five little bones of a thing and then make the entire 300 bones rest of the skeleton out of whole cloth, just complete a complete lie. Um so you just have to be very skeptical of science. I love science when it's done right. I have a huge respect for science, but that but that's why I've studied it and why I know these things, right? The, the, I, I looked into it and went, wait, all that Darwin saw was beak, was, was beak size, and he extrapolated that we can go from a fish to a, to a cat, <laughs> right? Like, that doesn't even make sense. How do you go from this bird's beak size change to... Now it can go from being a bird to not a bird in a thousand generations. I don't think, dude, and nobody's nobody teaches that stuff. But they peddle the evolution without telling you how mm -hmm. how many holes there are and how shaky that whole foundation is. Yeah. And so, like, especially if this is your first time hearing it, like me, that like I it wouldn't have taken much to like I was basically on pins and needles thinking that we're like. It, it was already kind of hard to believe in the first place, but then you tell me this stuff and I would have been like, okay, I totally just don't believe it in general. But like, it, mm -hmm. it's, it's, again, it's nice having a biblical worldview to, to fall back on. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, well, and that's... imagine being an atheist, not believing in God. And then you hear this stuff like, well, oh man. <laughs> well, and it's just, it's just such a, a lie that you've been given in school where you got, you supposedly got taught science. You didn't get, you didn't get taught science. No. You got taught a propagandized version of science that omits all of the things that would make it difficult to just fully buy into their narrative, right? Yeah. A, 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 a truthful science class incorporates the fact that we have an incomplete fossil record. A lot of the fossils we do have are just 99% made up. <laughs> you know, a, a truthful mm. class would include all that and let you make your own decision. But the fact is that you aren't capable... Uh, the fact is the government doesn't think you're capable of making your own decisions. And so they spoon feed you this propagandized version of the truth to get you to buy into the lies that they're selling. And, so how much of dinosaur bones is really real then? Um, it, it depends. Uh, there's, there's a huge variation between different skeletons. Some of them are going to be more complete than others. The other issue is how do we know what a complete dinosaur skeleton even is? Right. Did we get like T-Rex skulls or did we make that up too? Again, it depends on the the. It, there's thousands and millions of different skeletons, so some of oh, them okay. are based off of a pig's tooth. Some of them are like 99% <laughs> complete, right? Oh, okay. But usually, the ones where they're trying to make radical claims, like this is a inter uh, an intermediate species between Homo whatever and Homo sapiens, uh, if they if they're making that claim, almost always it's a made up nonsense skeleton that they just 90% you know made the bones out of out of plaster literally the the bones that you see hanging in museums are mostly plaster if not completely that's crazy because sky was wondering about that too she was like like or like we really just find all these complete bones like it, it was it was it was pretty nuts i mean for some things i'm sure yeah but like uh, again so it, 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 it there's there's a huge variation some things we have we believe we have 99 percent of the bones some things we know we don't have 99% of the bones. And so of the millions of different skeletons across the thousands of different museums, I'd have to, I couldn't tell you this one in LA is 80% real and 20% fake, right? Like 
I don't know that for every single skeleton. I just that's know that so in general that's what they do. I have to yeah. rethink um, all kinds of stuff now, and I have to go and reevaluate everything. <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah, I'm I'm already a Christian. I already believe that God created the world in in six days. I but I but I still give credence to a lot of the other stuff too, like that that science does teach. And so it's like, mm-hmm. man, I gotta I gotta I gotta just check that stuff out for myself. I didn't realize that they were extrapolating off of a pig's tooth or just in general with different other things. And, and, and I'm sure why they do that is because they've found fully um, mostly intact whole skeletons. And so they try to piece together when they have barely anything to make it look like when uh, those things that they did fully have. So, you know what I mean? And that's what they're doing is they're basing the bones that they don't have off of bones of other skeletons that they found, but that might not have any relation to the thing. It doesn't. It, it could, but again, it's it's just horrible science. And and to pa- what's what's really horrible is to pass that off without explaining it. Because I can yeah, that's what's happening. Yeah, if you if if each if each and every one of those skeletal displays had a big disclaimer saying eighty percent of these bones are real, twenty percent of them aren't. Uh, the ones that aren't are marked with a little red dot, you know, or something, right? Like you could just look at it and go, oh, okay that's real that's not real i can kind of see what they did there that makes sense that that would look like that okay that's fair but the fact that they pass it off like it's the truth and like the like the science is something that you should believe in it, it it's just complete bogus nonsense um science is not something you you should believe in just go uh you you act it out our schools act it out every year they have new textbooks every 10 years, okay? The, the science textbooks that I used when I was in biology class are outdated now, and that's because the science has changed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Like, we learn and grow in our knowledge and understanding every year in science, and so to think, like, you would never teach your kid out of a science book from the 1950s. No one would do that. That's completely insane. Yeah. Because, yeah. because we know a lot more about it. Like, we've been to the moon since then. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so to so to say that like our understanding of science today is perfect and should be unquestioned is completely absurd. Uh, and well, what's funny is uh, just the other day there was an article. I'm going to see if I can pull it up while I'm talking. But there was a, an article that uh, that the age of the universe of uh, of the universe. Oh was yeah, twice. <laughs> I, I saw that you sent it to I think me and Christian something. Uh, yeah, and so, um, basically the, the new research says that instead of the 13 billion years old that the universe was previously thought to be, they now think it's 26.7 years old, billion years old. Um, and what? what? So, (laughs) this is where it gets good. Um, so for years, astronomers and physicists have calculated the age of the universe by measuring. Here, I want to want everybody to see this. Sorry. No, you're good. There we go. Okay. So uh, I'll read it to you. Can you see? Can you see my yeah. screen or no? Okay. For yeah. years, astronomers and physicists have calculated the age of our universe by measuring time elapsed since the Big Bang and by studying the oldest stars based on the redshift of light coming from distant galaxies. In 2021, thanks to new techniques and advances in technology. The age of our universe was thus estimated at 13.7 billion years uh, using the Lambda-CDM concordance model. However, many scientists have been puzzled by the existence of stars like the Methuselah, 
that appear to be older than the estimated age of our universe and by the discovery of early galaxies in an advanced state of evolution made possible by the James Webb Space Telescope. Okay. Uh, do these people get paid way more than anybody else uh, to, to, to peddle nonsense? Like, that's crazy. So we're telling you how old the, the universe is because we looked at some stars and we measured their red light. What? Okay. So... So here's here's where it gets good because I've been literally called a moron. I literally, to my face, been called a moron for saying this. So in this paragraph right here, in addition to Zwicky's tired light theory, Gupta, the guy who did this study and made it twice as old, introduces the <laughs> idea of quote evolving coupling constants, as hypothesized by Paul Dirac. Coupling constants are fundamental physical constants that govern the interactions between particles. Okay, so that's a lot of fancy scientific gobbledygook. And what they're saying is that the speed of light is a constant. You know how you got taught that as a kid? But now that's evolving and now that's changing. So now there are there's a bunch of other constants. Okay, there's a bunch of other (laughs) constants that uh, that they that they also believe in called coupling constants. And so he's this guy's now trying to say that these constants change. Well, I've been saying the constants could change for my for 10, 15 years now and been called a moron by everybody that I've ever known. But this guy comes in and starts, you know, talking about how constants aren't constant now. And he's, you know, he's lauded as the, you know, the best scientist of the year and, you know, twice the age of the universe and all that stuff. It's it's really upsetting to be proven right, but people will still call me a moron because I don't believe that light necessarily has always traveled at the speed that it is. Currently. Yeah, I remember you talking to me about this um, when we were were uh, working together in like 2020, and we were having lunch, and you were basically saying, "What if light was faster um, towards the beginning of creation? What if it's degrading? What if like because everything's winding down." including our bodies, including the sun, including everything. Like, why wouldn't mm-hmm. you know, like, why couldn't you say that like light itself is winding down? What if the speed of light was crazy fast and then now it's still fast, but like, it's not as fast. Like, do you know what I mean? And so there was mm-hmm. a lot of things that you were talking to me about and it like, it makes sense. Why is every, so everything's degrading, but light so that, yeah. Yeah. That, well, and the, the, the other issue is like, we don't have enough data. Okay. We've only been measuring the speed of light, the decay of radiation, or the, the decay of, of certain particles. We've only been measuring those things for like 100 years, okay? The claim is that the universe is now 26 billion years old. And so you're telling me over 100 years, we would have enough data to be able to tell if light is changing at point zero 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 zero. You should be, but the reason why you can't is because... They weren't able to measure it properly in the first place. Exactly. And so, so that's we, why they couldn't tell you that. So we just don't even have the data. We, don't yeah. e- we, we just don't even have the data, and they want to make claims like there are constants. And, and, the reason, <laughs> and the reason why science wants constants is because of the original uh, theories that everybody in the like, 1800s, like up until Einstein, everybody went by the steady state model of the universe. And so the steady that state everything model is consistent. Of, and that it's always been, it's eternally existed, okay? Oh, wow. So they, they dealt with not having a need for God by saying that the universe has just always been here, <laughs> which is just absurd. But 
that's how that's literally what science believed in 1800 all the way up until like 1920 that's true about god but nothing else <laughs> exactly exactly but the universe had to have been created and so that's what they when the when they first discovered the big bang that was a huge blow to science they fought that hard science fought against the big bang as hard as they fought against anything so hard in fact that einstein inserted into his equations what he called a fudge factor to maintain a steady state universe his equations were showing him and telling him that the universe is expanding and he went nope that's not real i believe in steady state i'm gonna fudge this <laughs> that was einstein doing that that was einstein one of the smartest you know most revolutionary thinkers ever <laughs> was so dead set on steady state that later on in his career when he was still alive in like the 19 i think 30s and 40s he 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 said that was his biggest mistake of his entire career was this fudge factor and so what people don't understand is that scientists are wrong they're human beings they're wrong constantly okay climate scientists they're just really smart constantly. wrong people yes and they study it and they know quite a bit about it and they can be right on a lot of things but once anybody tries to tell you what's going to happen next year if anybody tries to tell you what's going to happen tomorrow they're wrong it's just a fact unless they're unless it's in the bible unless it's prophecy from the bible itself that's going to be wrong right yeah and so the the bible is the only document that has any idea what's going to go on in the next you know 50 years 100 years thousand years there's nothing else that has any clue and when like a climate scientist tells you that next year it's going to be hotter than it was this year um, they don't know they don't know <laughs> but the other thing is they're they're basing it off of a model and, yeah, and weather being patterns hair. and stuff, yeah. And, and, and they're being disingenuous. Do you know, did you know that the sun gets hotter and colder? Were you aware I of did that? Not, no, 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 I didn't know that. <laughs> I know that, that we've gone through periods of heating and periods of cooling throughout our Earth's history, but I didn't know that the sun itself, yeah, why would science teach that? But yeah, because that goes against narratives. But yeah. Because <laughs> then you might start attributing the any kind of warming to the, a variation of the solar cycle. So the... The, the sun well, then, goes through yeah. a 22-year cycle, uh, and about every 11 years it peaks. And so uh, we're coming Ooh. up on, in 2025, solar maximum. Does and that so mean we're going to have a very hot year? So It, 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 it could be. It, there's a lot. The Earth is a very complicated place. And so because of increased solar radiation, that means that the, the oceans are going to heat a little bit more which means that there's going to be more evaporation from the water, which also more rain causes that year. more rain. So it could oh, technically wow. end up being colder. The other oh, thing wow. that could happen is uh, <laughs> it could warm up the poles, and then uh, there's certain forces that keep the cold air up at the poles, where if they warm up a little bit, that cold air spills out and comes down. And, and then, we have a really down. Cold, then we have a really cold summer or a really cold winter. Yeah. yeah. And so... You know, it's very difficult to predict exactly how one variable will impact the whole planet, right? Like, it's just... But scientists still try to do that. They still try to do that. It's crazy. And, and, well, what's crazy is they... they I, I, I don't blame them for trying to do it. They should try to do it. What I blame them for is allowing the politicians to then use that as a club to beat us over the head until we spend trillions of our tax dollars to go fight nonsense that's going to make my gas more expensive. <laughs> like, that's the problem. I, I, don't, I don't mind scientists doing their science. Even if it's flawed and wrong, I think that there's a place for that. Okay? 
Because we still come to um, good conclusion. Uh, maybe not if it's flawed and wrong, but I don't no, know. no. Even if it's flawed and wrong, another scientist will see that, hopefully, point it out, and we can fix the science, and we can learn and grow in our knowledge and understanding of stuff. That's how science is supposed to work. I but see. Okay. when we introduce a class of experts that we're just supposed to believe, that's the problem. And I have that same problem with the church. Any church that tells you that they're the expert that you can't understand scripture, that you can't have a close personal relationship with God without going through them, that's just as that's just as wrong and wicked. Anybody that tries to tell you that you're incapable of making your own judgments and determinations about anything is lying to you and is a fraud. It's just uh, always the case. Because true, genuine people are going to lead you to the truth and then step back once you're there. There's, and then they're going to go look for more people to lead to the truth. They're not going to mm-hmm. try to gate. They're not going to try to gatekeep you up to the truth, because if they're sincere and genuine, they're just going to rejoice at the fact that you found the truth and you accept the truth. So they're not, yeah, they're not going to hold a gun to your head and say vote to spend three trillion dollars. <laughs> give, give me. They're not going to hold a gun to your head and say give me three trillion dollars to study this for the next thousand years while the climate doesn't warm. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm saying dude oh man there's whole people that are actually getting paid like their mm-hmm. their mortgages are being paid they're getting paid a, a really nice cushiony wage and like they're studying qu- quackery man like yep. that's how i feel about it but man and, uh, we need to get uh we need to get grants to do our own science ryan we oh, need you can't, to you can't why it doesn't exist what? the the grants what? only go towards people that say that that global warming's real Oh, man. Literally, the grants only get given to the scientists that get the right results. That's how our system works. That's not science. That's propaganda. So we'd have to go fund me and crowdsource stuff. We couldn't. Yeah. We couldn't. That's unfortunate. Yeah. And, well, and, and to kind of tie this back into a, a more religious thing, I have the same problems that I have with science that I have with the Catholic Church because they're the, this group of people that have inserted themselves in between me and God. At least that's what they claim. And in order for me to understand scripture, in order for me to have access to God, in order for me to be saved, I have to go through these human beings. And that's, it's the exact same problem. And so what, what I hope people start to see from us pointing this out is how human beings try to insert themselves in between you and the, in the truth. There, there is always a human being that's attempting to filter the truth through their lens so that they can deceive you and get something from you. In the case of the climate scientists, they want their money to go pay their mortgages. Uh, in the case of the politicians, they want money to go and fund projects so that they can you know, make themselves look better. And with the Catholic Church, they just want you under their subjection so that they can feel more important and that they can you know, rule over you and, and, and get you to do the things that they want you to do rather than what God wants you to be doing. So, Yeah. All right. Are you ready to move on to our next yes. thing, which is the proverb reading? Absolutely. Let me get back over to Proverbs. So I appreciate everybody listening to that rant there. <laughs> uh, I've, I, again, I love science. I, I've loved science since I was a little kid. And uh, I, I just want it to be done right. That's my, own, that's my only wish. Just be done right and in the right context. So we'll leave it at that. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, all um, right. So, uh, how much of Proverbs do you want to read? Because uh, just that I, first chapter, the whole the whole chapter. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So the pro the book of Proverbs it'll actually explain what it is. 
in this first little paragraph, so I'll just get started. Proverbs uh, 1, verse 1. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those who, with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these Proverbs and parables. Uh, sorry. Uh, the words of the wise and their riddles. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Uh, so I like, I think verse 7 in different translations says, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Or sorry, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Um, and I just like the way that sounds a little better. <laughs> Let's see, I want to see that in NKJV real quick, if you don't mind. Yeah, you you can finish reading it in NKJV. Uh, yeah. So, uh, no, no, I'm not going to finish it. I'll go back. Uh, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So I just like the way that it goes uh but back to verse eight in uh, the nlt my child listen when your father corrects you don't neglect your mother's instruction what you learn from them will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor around your neck my child if sinners entice you turn your back on them they may say come and join us let's hide and kill someone just for fun let's ambush the innocent let's swallow them alive like the grave let's swallow them whole like those who go down to the pit of death Think of the great things we'll get. We'll fill our houses with all the stuff we take. Come, throw in your lot with us. We'll all share the loot. My child, don't go along with them. Stay far away from their paths. They rush to commit evil deeds. They hurry to commit murder. If a bird sees a trap being set, it knows to stay away. But these people set an ambush for themselves. They are trying to get themselves killed. Such is the fate of all who are greedy for money. It robs them of life. Wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds along the main street, to those gathered in front of the city gate. How long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered. So I will laugh when you are in trouble. I will mock you when disaster overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm. When disaster engulfs you like a cyclone. And anguish and distress overwhelm you. When they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me. For they hated knowledge and chose not to fear the Lord. They rejected my advice and paid no attention when I corrected them. Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way, choking on their schemes, on their own schemes. For simpletons turn away from me to death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency. But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. It's and, crazy because... Uh, go, sorry, go for it. No, no, you go, you go. <laughs> it, it, it's like, when you, when you think of the lens of like God speaking through Solomon here, it's kind of like... God's basically saying, if you live, the, like, that's what I was saying earlier, like, uh, his word is like the cheat codes to life. If you listen to his word and obey what he's saying, everything is going to go great. Um, if you don't, every, the, the opportunity for things to just go wrong is 
massive like the 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 risk just goes through the roof when you start living outside of what god wants and Mm -hmm. like it it's just crazy some there, there are edge cases where people have made it out alive where people have lived really ungodly lives and it didn't bring them disaster that you can see from the outside but then people look at that as an example try to follow it and they go down really wicked paths and it just wrecks their whole life so it's like you got to be really i can tell you everybody who follows god's like a will and does what he says everybody will have the same result just blessings and and very good life but um it's it's just sorry what are you gonna say so i i just want to push back against that a little bit what what this is promising is not that you're going to have a good easy life here on earth okay what what the bible promises us is that we will go through tribulation we will go through trials yeah but a we're going to have god on, uh, you know at our backs we're going to have god really on our front going before us getting us through those situations but ultimately we might die i mean we will die eventually but we might die doing the right thing but what god has guaranteed us is that we're going to go be in heaven with him and that to live is Christ, which means suffering, and to die is gain, which means that we, even in our death, we've gained more than we could ever possibly lose. All of the stuff that we build up here on earth, it's going to burn away someday. But what actually remains are the good works that we do for God once we've been saved. And so, you know, Christian reaching out to you and sharing the gospel with you, that's a good work that he gets to uh, uh, rejoice in in heaven forever, right? And so what God promises is that if we follow his directions and we do what he commands, we will have stored up so much treasure that we get to delight in with him in heaven forever. Does that, does that make sense? Because I don't want people, this is not the prosperity gospel, okay? No, and I mean, I, I'm glad you're protecting um, people from maybe even thinking that. What I was, what, oh, so just to kind of articulate my point in a better way, um, if you look at like different acts, having sex, having children, um, just, you know, doing different things. If you could either do it God's way or not God's way. And I'm basically saying every time you do something, um, anything, like let's say having a child, if you have it in the confines of a marriage, blessings there. If you don't, Mm-hmm. there's there's problems there and basically yep. what i'm saying is you're gonna you're gonna um, accumulate and store up problems for yourself when you live outside of god's will and you're gonna accumulate blessings for yourself and treasure in heaven when you live inside god's will i wasn't saying if you obey god yeah. you're gonna have this crazy blessed life here on earth because you're still a christian the world hated him they're gonna hate you i didn't want yeah so i don't want um i don't don't be surprised when you get issues when you become a christian and all that kind of stuff too i just kind of wanted to say like i've just noticed um, yeah. When God says something about an issue, if you follow that, blessings. If you don't, issues. That's that's what I wanted to say, mm-hmm. is if you live a life of following and being obedient to God, you're probably not going to have a whole lot of issues, except for the world being at your throat. But you're not going to, I have a, a, you know, you, again, if you take these individual actions, like having sex, having a child, um, and I'm trying to, can you help me add things to that? Um, like. Yeah, so I mean, e- even financial problems, like if you go and you spend all of your money and go bankrupt, you're going to reap what you sowed there, right? Like, yeah. But what the Bible tells is it tells you to store up your, you know, your what you have today so that you'll be able to, it doesn't say that specifically, but the Bible teaches that we're supposed to be frugal, we're supposed to be, you know, live a certain way. Planning and plan ahead. Yeah. And if yeah. we do those things, we're going to have a better life. And so 
the example that I'd want to give in, and I apologize, I wasn't trying to admonish you. I just wanted to make no, sure. No, 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 I didn't take it that way. I just, okay, I, I'm sure there's people that are new Christians that might watch this and be like, oh, what? If I just obey God, but, you know, I'll and I think that's what you were, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think you were trying to protect people from that lens. Mm-hmm. And that's like, it was good that you did that. I probably didn't recognize that people could take it that way. And it's mm, good okay. that you, you protect um, the stream in that way. Cause I'm just yeah. going to speak and go off the cuff and I don't even <laughs> perceive sometimes how that can be taken. <laughs> so and, I'm and sorry, but... <laughs> please, please do the same to me. That's I, I, the last thing I want is to lead people down the wrong path, you know? Right. It, yeah. And of course I know that it's bo- on both of our sides. It would only be inadvertently, but uh, you know, one of the, one of the things I wanted to bring up was, uh, I said Lizzie, I was talking about Lizzie earlier that I, I'm not friends with, but Who? I've seen on Twitter. On Twitter. She's Who's that again? Her name is, is it just a, a person uh, on the internet you met? Yeah, I, I wouldn't even say I met her, but we interact a, a lot because she's got a lot of cool content. Uh, her, oh, okay. I think her handing, handle on Twitter is Farming and Jesus. <laughs> okay. At Farming and Jesus. So, uh, you know, she she did a lot of things when she was younger, drugs and, and, and all sorts of things that probably messed up her body. I don't know for a fact. I'm just saying, you know, hypothetically, I believe this like is Like most possible. people who live in the world a long time before they come to Christ. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and so, you know, today she she has a lot of trouble with fertility and with miscarriages and, and all those sorts oh. of things. Okay? We'll have to pray for her, guys. we got to pray for mm-hmm. her. Definitely. And, uh, but... You know, because and so she's reaping what she sowed there, right? But God has a silver lining for that, where she can actually reach out and minister to people who are going through the same thing. And so she has a a, a ministry that she's capable of doing, and 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 she's able to glorify God in her faithfulness now that she's trusting in Him. You know, and, and so even the horrible things that do happen to us, even the even the the things that we do that are wrong and evil and wicked before we're saved or even after we're saved. God can turn that and, and, and make it into something that's good and give us that, uh, the, you know, the ability to redeem that, those things that we've done through, the, through those actions. Yeah. Um, sometimes, yes, it, it, God can use us where we are. And a lot of times it's hard to kind of like step back and see what he's got planned for us. And um, it, I hope that's not the end of her story. I'm going to pray that it's not, you know what I mean? Uh, and that uh, we, we, we gotta, we gotta pray for that man. Um, yeah. Uh, there, is she still things. trying to have children? So I, I'm not sure as far as, you know, trying for herself to become pregnant. Uh, I, 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 I think that's probably just a little bit too hard for them. Just with, I think they've been through a molten, a number of miscarriages and that's oh. just devastating. I, see. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't know. I've never had that issue. But I can I can only imagine losing a child is just the worst thing ever. Um, yeah. So, I, yeah. So, uh, you know, but they're they're looking at adoption at the moment. So just be praying for that. Praise God. Uh, yeah, we got. Yeah, I was going to I was I, I was thinking about uh, stepping back from uh, different questions. And I was going to ask, like, mm-hmm. um, are they considering adoption? But I didn't want to keep because there's yeah. a chance that she might see this. And I don't want to <laughs> keep like <laughs> prodding into this and stuff like. No, no, no. You know no I, mean? I am not saying anything that she hasn't said on her Twitter feed because I don't know anything about. Oh, her and, that. OK, then so that's, that, that's fair. That's fair. I've, I've never had a private conversation with her. I've never interacted with her in any other way except to. It, it, it's funny because every day she gets uh she she gets attacked by Catholics. <laughs> so for what? Because uh, she'll she'll either go and either they'll come and post some stuff on her feeds like you know worship Mary and all this other stuff. 
and she'll just respond with like, no, I believe in Jesus Christ, only worship him, and so she's just constantly at war with these people coming onto her feed, trying to convert her followers to to their wicked ways. Hey, I gotta respect the hustle. We we gotta do the same thing. <laughs> we gotta we we, we, can, we gotta be we out there just spreading the gospel. Well, and that's that's when you know that you're on target is when you're getting the most flack, right? Like so she's out, <laughs> she's out doing what she should be doing, and that's a that was a uh, an aviation term I just used. So in war, when uh, when flack. you have a plane flying over, like in World War Two. When you had a bomber flying over an enemy city, the uh, the enemy would be shooting flak up at the planes, which is just like a bunch of shrapnel that's supposed to it's it's supposed to it's like a shotgun blast, but going up at a at an airplane. It's supposed to like mess their propellers up or like something. Yeah, and so uh, when you're right over the target, you're getting the most flak. Oh, because that that's what the enemy's trying to protect the most. So, um, but yeah, okay. Back to Proverbs here. Uh, I I <laughs> I just read this again, and I kind of in the lens of our current modern day, what's going on. And in verse uh, ten of chapter one, it says, "My child, if sinners entice you, turn your back on them. They may say, come and join us. Let's hide and kill someone just for fun. Let's ambush the innocent. Let's swallow them alive like the grave. Like obviously the the current iteration of like." adults that are trying to make their kids transgendered. I feel like that fits in very well to that. Like that's what they're doing. This they're sinners trying to entice children. Uh, they want you to come and join them. They're basically killing somebody. They want you to kill off the old either male or female version of you to make this new weird, horrible, you know, desexed thing. What's messed um, up is that's like who you were made to be. That's who God made you to be. And you are playing God and you're deciding who you are and you are cutting all that away. And it's a permanent thing that you're doing. And it's mm -hmm. so crazy. Well, like, but, but then we get to uh, verse uh, 10 or 13 here. It says, think of the great things we'll get. We'll fill our houses with all the stuff we take. And what they're doing with these children, when, when they go on these, you know, uh, puberty blockers, when, when they have these surgeries, that is an ongoing issue that they're going to have to deal with for the rest of their lives. And it will cost thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, which is money going directly into these doctors' pockets. Doctors, uh, uh, pharmaceutical companies, all of them are just, it's, I think, I don't remember the exact number, but it's in the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, what each one of these children will end up costing uh, society in in a medical uh, in medical expenses. And so these doctors are literally profiting off of chopping up children and convincing them that they're the opposite sex. And, it, it, you know, it's just so crazy how, like, predictably evil people are, <laughs> you know? Cause, yeah. Because this verse applies to somebody that's waiting along the road to ambush somebody and steal their stuff, but it also applies to people, you know, predators preying who, on children. Who are naive enough to believe something. Yeah, it's not necessary. So it's like, I'm just going to throw out this ideology. I'm just going to throw out this ideology, you know. Uh, Apparently he doesn't want you to throw out that ideology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I'm just going to throw out this thing, you know, um, um, lies, 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 lies. And somebody's going to come along kind of like um, we're waiting to ambush them. And they're going to be naive and be like, hey, so I hear you're saying 
um, this, is it true? And then you basically just lead them down more lies, lies, lies. And so it's, it's kind of like that they're, they've, they've thrown the bait out and they're waiting for people to come to them. And when they do, they absolutely murder them basically. Yep. And, and so it, they don't have to wait along the side of the road anymore. You come to them. It's, it's, yeah. it's crazy. You send your kid to public school. You, uh, you send your kid to a therapist. You send your like all of those places and you'll pay for and it wait. and you'll pay for it. They got you to pay for it too. And they'll call you a bigot. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so funny. Oh my. Yeah. All right. It's it's it, we laugh, but it's only because of how evil and wicked it is. It's just we if we were to actually be like horrified right now, we I'd just break down. Because like no, we are in our hearts, but we're past that. Like we 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 we, we the time for action is now, and we literally are we it's to the point where we have to wake people up and be like this stuff isn't true like 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 that's that's what the whole point of the gospel is like i think me telling people that jesus christ is god um will lead them to his word will lead them to the truth do you know what i mean and so that's i think that's better than me going no dude all the stuff that you believe is just lies being peddled bro propaganda dude like i, I can't they're not going <laughs> to respond to that like they really won't and if if you came to me like that i'd probably because i'd most people associate their opinion with their identity like okay so you believe x well that's a part of me now so you say x is actually y well i'm offended bro like do you know what i mean so it that's kind of how people are so if i told you if anything that you most people like you maybe even you uh me to an extent if you if you told me something i believe is wrong um i'm gonna get upset about that a little bit but mm -hmm. I, i'm i'm more intellectually curious to see what your position is than i am stuck on my opinion but uh yeah a, a part of me feels insulted when you tell me that what i believe is wrong but you, you have to have a, a, some some humility there because pride's going to be like, no, dude, I'm right about this. Like, <laughs> so. oh, yeah, I've I, I've certainly been guilty of that in the past. When uh, when I first became friends with like Christian and Will and David and all them, um, you know, they beat uh, not literally, but pretty close to literally beat out of me when I would say I'm 100 percent right. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I was very uh, arrogant when I was younger because, you know, I. Uh, I was I was that kid that would like not do any studying at all and then go get a, a four out of five on the AP test at the end of the year. <laughs> oh, really? So, I, I yeah, I was very uh, overconfident in my own intelligence. I probably still am more confident than I should be, but working on it. <laughs> hey, but you do. Um, it, it's really. I'll put it this way. It must be somewhat honoring or flattering to know that someone like me enjoys picking your brain for all the information that you have. And you have to have some level of intellect to be, to be able to like convey all these different things. You know, a lot about science, you know, a lot about the Bible, you know, a lot about politics, you know, about just a lot of stuff. Like there, you know, a lot about anything I've ever brought up. And that's like, I, I do enjoy talking to you because you know so much and like, um, yeah, basically well, I... because of you, because of how much you assert things my opinion has to be really strong in order for <laughs> me to have an opinion because yours is very strong and so yeah. i have to actually believe in what i believe in when i talk to you about things because you'll get me to believe in stuff that you believe in because you have such a strong opinion about stuff and so and, it's just i don't know and, be a politician and... broke <laughs> <laughs> maybe someday if lord, lord willing uh, it's not what I want, but uh, if that's what he calls me to do, I'd I'd happily serve there. But uh, you know, it, it's 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 a lot of fun for me too, cause like, 
I'm scared of that, okay? Like, I understand that I, I am very confident in what I say, and it, it scares me to be wrong about stuff because of that. And so, like, half the time I'm, like, looking stuff up over here on the side, like, was this the right word to use right here, or should I say this before no, I say something to you? <laughs> it's 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 a lot better, though, to be in the pursuit of knowledge than to be in the pursuit of being right. And, I, and that's what you are. You're in the pursuit of knowledge. Um, you're more concerned about people understanding the full scope because you don't want to let, let lead people astray. And that's that's the genuine aspect. Like, you just want us to all be correct together. And then when mm -hmm. people are wrong, you want to you want to correct that. You're not just trying to be right. You just want us all to be right together. And that's that's respectable, man. So Thank that's you. cool. Thank <laughs> you. And and I, I find it very respectable how open you are with the questions that you ask and how genuine genuine you are with that. Because I know a lot of people that just wouldn't ask the question because, you know, for a lot of different reasons. Um, so I, I'm just very blessed that you're the kind of person that's willing to ask me questions and, and listen to me as I try to explain it to you and that's yeah. that's why this whole show even works, which is the beautiful thing about it. <laughs> well, thank you, man. Thank you for the the feedback. Um, are for you ready sure. to continue with what we are doing? Yeah, are we uh, going over to John now? Is that where we're at? Yeah, we are. All right. So okay, let me get that pulled up for us. Okay, we're still on. Yep, we're good. Last time we were in the Gospel of John, um, which I, if you're just tuning in, I would encourage everybody to read. Um, mm -hmm. Last time we were here, we were on chapter three and halfway through chapter three. And we were talking to Nicodemus about or Jesus was talking to Nicodemus about being born again. Um, do you think Nicodemus was saved? Uh, there are some traditions that I've heard where he actually does end up being saved. Uh, I If he's the same person I'm thinking of. So check me on this. I believe there are some traditions that say that because of his faith, he ends up being uh, poor and destitute and like eating out of the trash, unfortunately. But, Interesting. Uh, that, but because he was such a high Pharisee, to follow Jesus would be giving up literally everything that he had. Uh, yeah. So, uh, again, that, that could be complete speculation and tradition. Uh, so I'm not trying to say that that's the gospel truth. It doesn't show up in any of the gospels, to my knowledge. Okay. So. All right. So. Sorry, go ahead. That's okay. I, I think I think there's a good chance that he was saved. Based again, on him even meeting with Jesus and saying we um he says earlier, I know that you were sent by God because nobody can do the things that you um um uh, we we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. And that to me says he understood him to be the Messiah. That but that's that's just my yeah. interpretation of it. Uh but the the other thing, so we're back up here in uh, chapter three, verses one and two. So the other issue, though, is after dark when evening he came to speak with Jesus. And so while he's saying with his mouth, we all know that God has sent you because he says we all know. And that's clearly not the case that God has sent you to teach us your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. If he truly believed that he would have shown up during the day. So night. You think it's just was, lip service? It, I, I think he was conflicted. I, I think he believed that enough to say it, but he wasn't a hundred percent sure of it. Because, like I said, if he was a hundred percent sure of it, he would have been he would have been following Jesus around during the day and 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 openly going and talking to him and, and doing these things. But the re but like we don't understand it today because nighttime isn't dangerous the way that it used to be. It was not safe for you to go outside of your house at night. Okay, like there wasn't a police. The policeman, you could call 911 and have somebody there protecting you in three seconds. 
if you're out at night and you get ambushed or somebody does something to you, you're done. Okay? So going around at night was the was seen as something you do if you are a robber or a thief or some kind of a low life. It was not something that one of the the high you know one of the Pharisees would be doing, which is I believe what Nicodemus was. Yeah, he was a Pharisee. So I give him that, some credit for even doing it at all. But yeah, yeah, no, I, see he, what, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. <laughs> he gets a lot of credit for doing it and and of course seeking out Jesus and he did acknowledge with his lips that he's doing miracles from God, which I think is what leads a lot of people to believe that he might be saved. Uh, but yeah, so do you want to move on? We're going to be talking about John the Baptist today. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh yeah, that is John the, uh, the Baptist. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really trying to get into to the chapter four. That's uh, um, but yeah, let's, let's see what we got here in chapter or um, so John chapter three, verse 22. Uh, okay. Then Jesus and his disciples left Jerusalem and went into the Judean countryside. G- oh, yeah, the, the baptizing. Jesus spent some time there uh, baptizing people. And I, um, when I looked into the fourth chapter, it actually clarifies this, that he wasn't actually doing it. Um, yeah. At this time, John the Baptist was baptizing at Anon near Salim because there was plenty of water there and people kept coming to him for baptism. This was before John was thrown into prison. A debate broke out between John's disciples and a certain Jew over ceremonial cleansing. So John's disciples came to him and said, Rabbi, the man you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one you identified as the Messiah, is also baptizing people, and everybody is going to him instead of coming to us. John replied, No one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. You yourselves know how plainly I told you, I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare a way for him. It is the bridegroom who marries the bride, and the best man is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. He has come from above and is greater than anyone else. We are of the earth, and we speak of earthly things, but he has come from heaven and is greater than anyone else. He testifies about what he has seen and heard, but how few believe what he tells them. Anyone who accepts his testimony can affirm that God is true, for he is sent by God. He speaks God's words, for God gives him the spirit without limit. The father loves his son and has put everything into his hands. And anyone who believes in God's son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. That's another um, uh, gospel thing right there. John 3.36, anyone who believes in God's son has eternal life. Amen. Anyone who doesn't obey the son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. And so the eternal... The eternal life aspect is like we're not going to become immortal if we put our faith in Jesus, which would be sick, but we're not going to become immortal, right? We're going to, everybody, pass, this flesh will pass away, but eternal life refers to the eternity you're going to spend, um, you know, as, I'm not sure if you're going to be as a soul or a spirit or something. Oh, yeah, let me, um, let me explain that a little bit, actually. Yeah, so, go for it. Uh, so th- this flesh may pass away. Uh, let me Let me explain that. <laughs> Everybody except for two people in history so far, and those that are alive right now has died. Have died. Okay, Is it Enoch uh, and Methuselah or something like uh, that. So Enoch and Elijah. So Enoch, Enoch and, and Elijah. Elijah both got what? Uh, what the? What the? I think the Hebrew word would, word would be harpazod, which is like snatched up, kind of like a uh, hawk, kind of snatching you up. He got abducted by God. Basically, <laughs> um, and and so those two people so far are the only two who haven't died that uh you know have lived significantly longer than the normal life of a human being um but what's going to happen to us is either we're going to be raptured or harpazoed snatched up 
uh, into the sky. Um, either that's going to happen in our lifetimes, or if it doesn't, if we die, we get snatched up into heaven too. Uh, and there, and there, we're going to wait until the end times. And so, what's happening right now is everybody who's dead, everybody who's passed away, is in heaven with Jesus and with God, waiting for Jesus Christ to return, come back down with an army, and go and take over Jerusalem. And then Jesus Christ is going to actually literally reign as king over the entire earth for a thousand years. In that time, we're going to be given perfected bodies, just like Jesus is. They're going to be physical bodies, but they're going to be more than physical. And so what, what a lot of people think when you say like spiritual or heaven is something that's less real than earth. But the reality is that heaven is more real. It is greater than where we are right now. And so, like, when Jesus uh, comes back, we'll see at the end of, of the Gospels, uh, after Jesus dies and is resurrected, he comes back and he meets with the disciples and with other believers. When he does this, he does a few things. One, he walks through walls, okay, which is just crazy. And so the reason he's able to walk through a wall is he's, a, he's now acting as a being, and he has a body as a being who exists in more dimensions than we have access to and so uh like there there's a um uh, uh there's something called a flat world it's a it's a thought experiment where you take a piece of paper and you draw two characters on this flat world right so if i'm one of these characters and i actually can walk left and right and go kind of up and down a little bit um if i have my finger come and interact with this flat world they're not going to see a three-dimensional finger what they're going to see is a, is a series of circles that Up enter here. into... Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, um, Basically out of nowhere. It would appear yes. out of nowhere. Okay. <laughs> because all they know is up, down, left, and right. They have no concept of this depth part. And so my hand can be here. It can show up over here on the back and come in and, and come in through the, the backside and kind of get into that room without having to go through a wall. And so that's... That's Jesus. He's greater than our three-dimensional environment. He, he exists now in multiple dimensions greater than what we have. And so it's just crazy how the Bible has that in back in, you know, uh, 30 AD. They're, they're saying things like that when science 2,000 years later is finally catching up and understanding how Jesus could have accomplished those things in reality. Right, because it used to be that it was some fictional, like yeah, we it was don't a mystery. Know how that happen. It was a mi- <laughs> fictional was the wrong fictional was the wrong word. Thank you. It was a mystery, but now <laughs> we have a, a greater understanding. Science believes that our universe exists in at least ten dimensions. That's crazy. And, I don't even. Uh, we yeah. we can. Yeah, that's a whole. So that's thing. a whole other episode. We could do a whole episode <laughs> on on just science stuff, but you know that's. So we will ultimately get a body like Jesus's. We will see him as he is because we have a body like his. So that's what we get promised in the uh, in the end. And so that's nice. what I, that's the body I believe we will have during the thousand year uh, reign of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and I think to help people kind of like visualize the whole walking through walls thing, imagine a three D cube and you see it as a three D cube, but in in higher dimensions, it's no longer like a three D cube or that one of the thing you have access to the inside of the cube because in three dimensions you only saw up, down, left, right, or 
height, width, and thickness, right? But in higher dimensions, there's more things there. And so the cube isn't actually sealed in higher dimensions is kind of how I would think about it. Mm -hmm. And then so Jesus yep. is just coming through the opening in the room. You don't see it there because you see four walls, a floor, and a ceiling, but there's actually more space there that you're not understanding. And so he appears at what seems like nowhere, but that's because you don't see him, you don't see him, you don't see him, you don't see him. And then now he's finally interacting with your reality. So it appears like he's just mm -hmm. coming out of nowhere. Yeah. So, and, and it's just so crazy that every single scientific advance that's been true, like that we can actually like, you know, observe always points to the reality of the Bible. And so it's crazy to put that in your religious book. Okay. But it doesn't, it doesn't say he's using magic. It doesn't say he's using, you know, some kind of special power. It just says he did it. And that's what you would say. It's just like he walked through. It's just like he walked into the house. That's all he did, right? He just appeared there. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's it, other, other religious texts would make that a fantastical story that you could then dismiss as a modern, you know, science-believing human. Whereas yeah. the Bible explains it in ways that actually make scientific sense today still yeah and one of the things i think there's even a video about carl sagan talking about this in the 80s um i'm pretty sure that he does this whole thought experiment too and he has like graphics and visuals and um a bunch of stuff like that he's like he, a whole he's a, a, a secular uh like physicist or something like that uh, i think he's, he was he's passed away now yeah astronomer yeah he's not yeah. he's not alive anymore but it's funny because some of the stuff that he was theorizing and explaining um help you think about god in a different way and he's like a, a sec like a sec he's secular he's so atheist, it's like yeah yeah and so it's funny how god can use people that don't believe in him it's like the blessing that those people have their intellect it ultimately comes from god they choose mm -hmm. not to worship him but it's funny how they've revealed him through their studies and through because catholics one thing they did get right is like the study of god with the science is how it formed right the queen of the uh, sciences of theology and it formed mm -hmm. all these other things that's one thing like like uh when you just study the world around you you're just gonna find little crumbs of god and i think that's that's one of the things that catholics got right and i think um inadvertently really big brains help us like i'm sure albert einstein if he never did the the fudgen element he probably would have helped us find uh see god through science and through the universe well, and through all these he, other things right well well einstein wasn't a christian but he believed in god what so he believed in some higher power he just didn't mm -hmm. believe it was the god of the bible oh man he was so yeah. close i know i know unfortunately i i don't believe he was saved but yeah, I, I my let's hope somebody is, whispered the gospel into his ear on his deathbed. That's 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 what we hope for all of the, everybody. I, especially at the time, I he had heard the gospel. He he had Aww. every option like to understand who Jesus Christ was. But, Big sad. Yeah, but you know it's amazing what God can do even with unrepentant sinners, right? Like the yeah. the we have GPS technology today because of the work that He did then and. While that can be used to kill people, it can also it's also been used to save people and rescue people and get you to work on time, right? Like, it's a the the oh the God, do you even have to look at like you only need addresses to put into your GPS? That's the only reason you need an address now. <laughs> Before it was like this side of the street is the evens and this side <laughs> of the street is the odds. Um, does it get does it go up that way or down that way? Because then that means we got to go this way. That's what well, our can parents you, had to do, dude. Can you, Dude, can you imagine having to look through a Thomas guide if you wanted to go to a friend's house what, for the first time? What is a Thomas guide? Is that a phone book? What is that? 
it's uh, what does it's Tom a has of, got? <laughs> it's a book of maps, and so uh, oh wow, they, ha- they had them for different regions. So like, my dad, when I was a kid, he'd have a Thomas guide for Southern California in his car, and so if yeah. you know if he needed to go to like we live in uh, we live here in Orange County, if he needed to go somewhere in L.A., he'd pull out the Thomas guide, and he would actually have to go look up you know the city that he's trying to go to and then you don't know where the street is <laughs> okay so you it just look. has the general freeways and the stuff yeah so like hopefully the person told you like some general big uh, markers like the my it's by my, the costco <laughs> well, well no not they couldn't use costco because these te- these maps didn't have costco on it all they had were street addresses and and street names and so you'd have to get uh cross sections of like freeways yeah it's off the 57 at the this exit you know and so then you'd have to go look at the 57 try to find where that exit is and then look at that and then look for the cross streets oh no it was on the left side of the street like it was a pain it was a pain (laughs) Uh, my the second that my dad could start using MapQuest, he was printing out directions left and right like crazy a madman (laughs) yeah that's he loved he loved that we Every single drive, like before it was, you'd have to pull out the Thomas guide or you just knew at, back in the day, most of the time you just knew where you needed to go. Cause you were going to the same places over and over again. Um, but, uh, yeah, when he, when he got map quest, he was printing out like, a, we just had so many old <laughs> maps in the car. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a fun time. And that's how I actually started driving was with map quest. Do you know what that is? Yeah. It's, it's like you would, um, you know, on like Google Maps, when you can um, see the directions and it would give you list by list everything, it's kind of like that's all it was, is it would show you a picture of like the streets and the freeways, but then it would give you like a 10 step list of how to get there and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because you didn't have a computer in your pocket. Your computer was on your desk yeah. at work or on your desk at home. <laughs> yeah. And so you couldn't take that with you. So, yeah, that was that was a bygone time. It seems like ancient times now when that was only, what, like 20 years ago? It's because of how fast technology is uh, multiplying and increasing. Um, uh, it's it's uh, snowballing at this point. So, like, our advancements are happening really quickly, which is awesome. Well, what's crazy is uh, AI is just going to be insane for that. And and have I mentioned uh, Daniel Chapter 9 where it says... Uh, uh, people will travel to and fro and knowledge, knowledge will increase. increase. Like yeah. the Bible predicted that. And, and that sounds like it's a very vague prediction, but that's a very, really, that's a very specific one. Cause well, like people were traveling to and fro and um, before, and I'm sure knowledge was increasing when, with this text was written, but they somehow understood that it was going to be on a level that was worthy of writing. Like, do you know what I mean? And so, they were obviously having sciences even back in the time of, you know, putting crocodile dung on stuff, right? That was still yep. science. Knowledge was still increasing there. And so, and people were traveling like crazy. They were just walking. But um, it, it's, I, I like how you can kind of see through that lens and, and understand like, no, he's saying like the fact that they're even mentioning this means it's going to be on an extreme scale, like uh, knowledge increasing on an extreme scale, like well, and, and people, people traveling travel, on an extreme like, scale. Yeah. Well, and, and like that's highlighted. I, it still hasn't really hit me that Lord willing tomorrow, I'm going to get on a plane and be in Israel. <laughs> oh, that's going to be so amazing. Tell like, me about the weather and how it feels there. I got to, I'm so excited my, to know how it feels. My there. understanding is it's basically here. They have the same climate that we do basically. Um, what you mean the best? The best. Yeah. 
Actually, yes. <laughs> yeah, the the climate God chose for his people, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, this is uh we live in one of the five places on the planet that has this uh weather. It's called a Mediterranean climate, so named after the Mediterranean. That's the first place. Here in Southern California is the next place. Uh there is a Mediterranean climate at the tip of South Africa. There's Mediterranean oh. climate in uh I think it's Chile, South America somewhere for sure, and then uh the southern part of Australia as well. Does it just mean it like hovers around the 80s mostly in like uh, it, it it has to do with um the the weather and then also the weather produces a certain kind of uh like uh, uh, uh shrubbery like the certain kind of ecosystem. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's a very similar deserty ecosystem that exists in all five of these places. Huh. All right. So uh, we move on to chapter 4. Yeah, uh, let's see. Um, let's see what we can um, talk about here really quick. Uh, no one can receive. So John says nobody can receive anything unless it is given um, it, unless God gives it from heaven, which is absolutely true. Every good mm -hmm. and perfect gift comes from the Lord. Um, you, you yourselves know how plenty I told you. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah. Okay. I think we can actually move on. F finally, I'm really excited for this next one. All, All right, right, chapter four, uh, Gospel of John, chapter four. Did you want to? Let's I see. I can read it. Let's see where we would be a good stopping point. Um, okay, we're gonna. Um, stop at um, John four thirty. Okay. All right. John chapter 4. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John, though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually he came to the Samarian village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well at a at a, about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you, and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. But, sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would, you go, where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. <laughs> Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet, so tell me, 
Why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worshipped? Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, this time the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him. For salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it is here now, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Then Jesus, his then, just then, his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her, or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. All right. There's a lot of good stuff there. Mm -hmm. a, a lot, a lot of good stuff there. So let's start. Uh, anything you want to touch on before I kind of uh, direct it? So, you know, this is a, a very, very, very odd exchange between Jesus and this woman. Uh, so number one, men wouldn't have had, like, uh, wouldn't have interacted with women in this way uh, very often, especially not alone. Like, Jesus being seen with this woman that's got five different husbands and is living with another man now there would have Seems been like he's trying to get at her type of thing or like there that's how it would have been seen yes there would have been that's why like they were like why is this why is jesus dealing with this girl like what's going on here? <laughs> like they, they were they were whispering some stuff under their breath but they had enough sense not to actually question him but so so that would have been very odd that like he's interacting with this woman like this because so what we don't understand being 21st century you know humans is the uh the mechanics of the ancient world and so we have our water coming out of the pipes in our bathrooms in our kitchens you know all over the place outside we can go to a hose and drink right um at that time all of your water came from a well you didn't have indoor plumbing except in like rome maybe i think rome at this time might have but they were like the one city in the world or one of the few cities in the world that did. So the vast majority of human beings at the beginning of the day in the cool, the women would go and collect water and then carry the water back to the house to use for the cooking for the day. So it's very weird. What time of day is it in this story? Austin, did you catch that? Uh, probably midday. I didn't know. So, uh, let's see. Let's uh, uh, it says a specific time. I'll just give it to you. It, it says at about noontime. Okay. Okay. And so she was coming to the part. well. <laughs> yes, it's already hot. And she was coming there late to avoid the gossip and the scuttlebutt that was going on among the women at the beginning of the day. So she, she is shamed. all the women her. would go there in the morning. Yes. And so she was not welcome to be with the normal women because of her... Uh, her transgressions because of her her uh, the number she was of promiscuous, she's had. Mm -hmm. and so she was slightly ostracizing herself and slightly ostracized by the other women because of her status. So 
Jesus had a, even if Jesus wasn't God, he would, everyone else had an idea of why this woman was there at this time. Oh, cause you'd have to, there must be a reason why a, you're not coming in the cool of the day okay. where, when all the other people are there, but all the other women do that. And they seem to like, you know, um, they, they just seem to use that time to chit chat, you know, water cooler time. Right. And yep. so it's like, it's strange that you don't want to be a part of that. Cause that's when all the women of this village are going to do that. And yeah, so that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you, there is a lot that someone reading this at the time that it was written would have gotten out of this that we just don't remember or don't know. And so that's why it's, it's about noontime would have been a flag to them. Like, why yes. is she doing this at noontime? Well, yeah. and, and it's like, why do, why is that mentioned? Why is that in the scripture? That just seems like such a dumb detail. What, who cares what kind of day <laughs> it was, but really it's communicating to you. This is a promiscuous woman. Jesus would have known that all the disciples would have known that like, Oh, it's Every... the same when when um it was telling us that Nicodemus came at night. It's important exactly. when they denote what time of day things happen. Oh, interesting. So like, so you can communicate to your audience using words that aren't direct, and so the Bible does that constantly. And so it's our job as twenty first century readers, especially especially since we have so much knowledge and information at our fingertips, to go and to study the scriptures and to study uh you know even outside scriptural sources to understand some of these references and to, and to know some of these things. So like for me, I learned that from uh, Chuck Missler, I believe. I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure that was probably said at some point during some, you know, probably... I've heard it on a sermon. So you're, you're correct from, I mean, my, I've heard teachers talk about yeah. the same things too. So you're good. Um, no, no, I knew I was good, but like, <laughs> <laughs> like, so that there, you know, we're, we're called to go and to do studying, not just of the Bible. We can learn everything we need to from the Bible, but we can also find sources that teach us about the culture that then color what we're reading a little bit and explain it a little bit better to us. So yeah. you're not going to get gospel truth from sources that are outside the Bible necessarily, but you might get information that explains the scriptures better to you. Well, I don't know. I don't understand Canadian niches. I don't understand what it's <laughs> like if they made some joke about getting stuck in the snow. Like, I'm not going to not going to get that if being from Southern California. Like, do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like it, it's so if they're over here saying um, we were driving the F-150s and the snow was about six feet high, like they're trying to say something to, to people who get it. Do, do you know what I mean? But you're over here like, OK, six feet high snow. Got it. Cool. Thank you for that detail. But like it's <laughs> it's actually like trying to say, no, this is hard. Like they're having a hard time getting through the snow. So it's yep. yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> all so I right. just wanted to I wanted to highlight that as an interesting like aspect, right? Like we can we can learn more about it just by knowing you know, so yeah. Uh what else was in there? Um so just a little bit about the Samaritans. Uh when the the Jews got taken off to Babylon, one of the things that the Babylonians did is they would kind of mix everybody up. And so they take a bunch of people from the Israel, right, where the Jews were, and he'd move them to the capital and have them intermix and try to intermarry them in the capital. But then he'd also move other p captured peoples into the 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 area of Israel itself and have them inhabit the land. Okay, and so the Samaritans were a uh, a mixture of w some of these captured people groups and the Jews. And so the Jewish people themselves saw, and I'm not calling them that, but the Jewish people saw them as like a half breed. 
between a Gentile and a Jew, which almost made them even more dirty. It was like, you're so close to being a Jew, but you're not. And then you also go and worship at this at this random mountainside and not the temple that was built by Solomon. So, oh, and so, interesting. Uh, I believe that up until recently, there was a group of people who could trace their ancestry back to the Samaritans, but I'm not sure if they still, if they're still around or they still exist. But, uh, yeah. And I think a huh. lot of the, yeah. So, it, it, that's why, like, let me get a map of. I mean, I wonder if we have stuff like tablets or anything from that time. Like, I wonder if like there's like writings from Samar the Samaritan people, not like Samaria, because that's like Mesopotamia, and then, you know. Yeah. So, uh, we can kind of see here on this. Let me. Can you see the map at all? Am I still sharing my screen yeah, with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, after King Solomon, uh, he had a son. I get these two mixed up. There's two kings of Israel that that come after Solomon. Uh, he, one of them is his son. His son is named, I believe, is Rehoboam. And the other Rehoboam. king, not related to Solomon, was named Jeroboam. So just really confusing, of course. But uh, what they did is they split the kingdom of Israel in half. So one half was the kingdom of Judah that was uh, ruled by Solomon's heir. Uh, and the other half was the uh, kingdom of Israel that was ruled by uh, that was ruled by Jeroboam, who wasn't related to Solomon at all. So this was uh, hundreds of years, if not thousands of years before Jesus Christ. And what we see is that uh, when the Babylonians come in, the kingdom of Israel falls first, and so they get captured first. And so that's why they have so much more intermixing and they're they're so much different from the the Jews that are in the south. So hmm. I hope that kind of makes sense to some things. Um and is and Israel's an incredibly like small place at least compared to the United States. Oh, they're tiny. Um, yeah. It's about the same square mileage as the state of New Jersey. So New Jersey's tiny. It's one of our smallest like states, yeah. Uh I did a Basically, you can drive from the southern tip to the northern tip, so the longest portions of Israel, in about four or five hours on a light oh, traffic Oh, wow. Day. Yeah. Wow. And it's only a couple hundred miles in width. Like, So we'll go back to the... Like, it's not wide. That's not a huge area from the coast to, you know, the Jordan over no, here. No. That looks like, a, like 400 miles or something. Like, I don't even know. It's not that crazy. Yeah, I don't know what the actual distances are. I wish I could find one with... Uh, here we go. So that is... Let's see. Kilometers, miles... Uh, so, this is... It's it's about 60 miles. It's not even 100 miles wide. So do you, can you wow. see that on the screen? Like, so that... The bottom number here, 60, is miles. And you can see... Uh, let me see if I can back out. It'd have to bit. be, like, almost... An inch or two inches or something like that, or yeah. So like, so this whole bar right here is sixty miles. The, the that whole, whole bar. Hundred, yes, that bar at the top here, the black and white one that my yeah. So from there, yeah, it's about sixty to hundred miles wide at max. Wow, it's tiny. So compared to again the United States, incredibly tiny. Interesting, um, but yeah. 
So that kind of deviated from the story a little bit, but I think I think it's important to know a little bit of that history and why there is a division. So like those two countries, the 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 country the the, the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah were not were not uh friends. <laughs> they were not friendly with each other. They were they were diametrically opposed. Huh. So all right, so this next part, um, I really, really like John four twenty three, but the time is coming, indeed it is here now, when, tr- when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him in that way. And basically, to me, I take this as God wants you to not add things. He wants you to have a very um, genuine, sincere faith in the way that you believe and in the way you worship him. And so do you want to touch on this verse a little bit? Anything yeah. Anything you want to say there? So uh, one of the things that I think we see in, in chapter six, actually, is Jesus Christ is going to uh, tell his, his followers that they will need to eat his flesh and drink his blood. Okay. And he then follows that up at the end when he's talking to the disciples and explaining it. It's such a tough teaching that they all ask him questions about it. And in his answer, what he says is that, the the this is this is spirit the flesh profits nothing and so a lot of like catholics will use that verse to say that uh, oh wow so it's basically saying this is symbolic there basically yeah or or spiritual i guess spiritual would probably be a better term it, it, what what is happening during communion and what is happening uh what is it here uh now in true worship worship the father in spirit and in truth you're supposed to worship him not in by doing ritualistic things here on earth you're supposed to worship him as a as a spiritual creature right we're supposed to worship him and the truth of what he is which is that he's from heaven and that he's come down and 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 saved us right so i just want to point that out because a lot of people get hung up on actually thinking like communion is literal flesh and literal blood of some kind when in reality, it's supposed to be a symbol that reminds us to worship Jesus in spirit and in truth because of the things that he is and that he's done for us. Yeah. And so, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Did that answer your question? Or do you have some more questions for me about that? Because I... No, I, I... I Basically, again, the way I take it is like... Um, ju- just... I would I would put it be led by the spirit and do things in a genuine way, but that could be also very um like kind of like a weird thing with like what when you want to talk about that what is what does being led by the spirit mean like like when when Christians say that it, like what does that mean when they're saying uh, to be led or like led by the spirit? To be honest, um, I'm not quite sure that that's something that I have a lot of questions about as well. I would okay. like to believe that I, I am being led by the spirit and I, I hope and I pray that I am, but I'm not, I couldn't explain to you what that would feel like. I, I'm not, I'm not sure. So I don't want to, I'd be going over my skis here if, if I was, <laughs> <laughs> which basically no just worries. means falling down and making a fool of myself. If, uh, if I were to try to speak on that too much. So I'll just, I'll leave that up to, to praying that we both get some uh, insight and knowledge on that to report back. Okay. All right, and um, very big here, um, Jesus basically claiming that, I think this is the first time that he claims he's the Messiah here in um, John 4, 26, and so he's just being very blunt, I am the Messiah, 
Um, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Can can we check that out in another translation? I don't yeah. remember it being that. I'll uh, even put explicit. it in King James. Here, I'll go to. I like NKJV. It's like a little uh, halfway in between NLT and <laughs> King James, right? I'm trying that's to see, see which which verse that was. Okay, so the, uh, a bit of an issue that I have potentially with the NLT is I think that they might be translating things a little bit too not based on the words. So the what I like personally best are translations that will literally take a Greek word and they will translate that Greek word literally and put that in the best English order that they can, okay? So okay. in, in the NKJV, verse 26, Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. So he didn't ever say, I am directly the Messiah. I don't believe. But he's heavily implying it here. Yes, he's, he's saying it, it very, very explicitly indirectly. Okay? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she she's the only one who says the word Messiah, to my understanding, in this conversation. Again, this is assuming that the NKJV is using direct translation words, where I think NLT is going more for the message of what was trying to be communicated. And so it's just important that we understand those differences. When in later on, when um, he instead of saying um, uh, before Abraham um, was like I was am. I am, he basically says before Abraham was born, I already existed, and that's that's how the NLT Oof. deals with deals with that verse. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that really that ugh. like so the reason why it was said that way the reason why jesus said before abraham was i am is i am is a name of god okay so they're mistranslating a, the name of god in my opinion when they do it like that that's a that that gets me a little bit yeah i'm not going to say that, that this is a horrible version that you shouldn't use but you should understand that that's the case when you when you're reading it for everybody listening because i know yeah. you already do I've already um, read all, all most of these scriptures in like um New King James and then when I picked up the the NLT I I just found that I was able to blow through it. I was just like I was able to just read a lot and a lot a lot mm -hmm. a lot and like I'm I would just basically say like if you're reading NLT and you read these things that seem like they're like um really big or out of the out of the ordinary stuff you should always check back with other just look at a bunch of different translations like um like on blue letter bible here i can have a drop down menu where i can look at king james new king james nlt niv esv like mm -hmm. I, um nasb i can just check and all these different translations to see what's going on there and like it i i know what you're saying um so what i would basically say is nlt is not a study bible it is not what you'd want to use to be as accurate as possible but it will convey the general meaning and so yeah. like that's that's where it's good um but again i'm i'm i i don't have broad issues with the nlt yet that i've noticed it's just little nitpicky things and it might seem kind of nitpicky but when when you're changing you know when you when you're putting words into jesus mouth that he didn't say it just kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit that's that's my only issue because i don't believe sense. he ever said i am the messiah you know that's yeah like and so the the issues that you might come up with in that scenario is, you know, you might be talking to 
a, a Jewish person and you go, oh, Jesus clearly said, I am the Messiah. Look right here in the NLT. And then you go and look at that, but not in the NLT or, you know, in the NKJV or the KJV and the, and the, and the Jewish person can say, no, Jesus never claimed he was the Messiah. You have a wrong translation. Oh, wow. You see what I'm saying? Because, like, yeah. he didn't specifically, because, like, literally, I mean, just, just look at it right here. It says, then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. That's, it's just not, it, yeah, the I am is here. So, in the footnotes, it says, or the I am is here, or I am the Lord. In Greek adds, I am the one speaking to you. So, like, he never used that word, to my knowledge, at least not in this, this place. I, I I can't think of a place in the scriptures where he is that direct, because the the whole problem that that we have today is not the whole problem, but a big problem that we have today is that a lot of people will claim that Jesus isn't God because he never claimed to be, and, and so the reason for that is because the translation he spoke very specifically, and so you could see, uh, yeah, I don't want to get it, I don't want to get too into it. I'm not mad at the NLT. I don't think it's a bad translation. It's just we need to be aware of the deficiencies of the translations that we're using because the translations themselves are not perfect. Yeah, and ultimately, um, it sucks too because like unless you're like actually diving into the Greek, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna struggle there too because like how I I it makes me wonder how accurate the what we hold accurate to be. So like. A lot of people will say like NASB is a really good study tool or like NKJV is a really good study tool. And then so I'm seeing these problems with um, the translation differences between like NKJV uh, JV and like NLT. But like what happens if I were to look at the Greek and like a translation that we really, really like? Is it super faithful to the stuff? So it's like mm -hmm. I feel like ultimately we're going to have to if, if we're wanting to study the scripture to actually see the text as it is written, we're going to have to <laughs> we're, we're going to have to get into like the Hebrew, the Aramaic, the Greek, the Greek, Greek, the Greek. And like, that's why I like that. You'll bring up the, the, the interlinary Bible. It helps so much because if we're yeah. thinking that the the um, the the translation is muddying this up a lot, we can just totally fix that and go straight mm -hmm. to the to the horse's mouth. And I, and I, I do like that. So that's cool. Yeah, and you know, even then, you're still getting a little bit of a uh, of a translator's interpretation because it's still someone else that translated that specific word. But by giving it to you one word at a time, direct translation, it gives you a much better idea of what that verse was originally trying to say. So, so basically, yeah. the the job of a translator is is twofold. They have to one determine what word was being used there in that specific place. And then two, um, they have to determine what word, also what order should it go in? Because the order in Greek and Hebrew and Latin and, and the old languages that the Bible transcripts that we have are in is a different order than you would see in English. And so it can cause some issues when you're trying to... They can change to... meanings, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, again, uh, we have the complete perfect word of God contained within all of the different translations and all of the different fragments that we have so we we know we have the right words it's just a matter of getting them and understanding exactly what each one of those words is supposed to mean and ultimately what we've been given is the holy spirit to work with us and, and to work th work in us to to give us that knowledge and understanding that we need in order to be saved so uh, i'm not 
relying on my own interpretation of reading the scriptures to save me. I'm relying on the inspiration that the Holy Spirit is giving me to understand what the scriptures are teaching so that I can be saved. So, right. You know, I, I again, I'm going to point out parts where I think that there might be little issues. You know, I, I noticed in the NLT here because I was like, whoa, that was really that was really direct. <laughs> Jesus was never that direct with saying I'm the Messiah. Yeah. That would make that would have made my arguments with with other people so much easier over the last 20 years. It what's crazy is you can still so he's he's saying something like I am the Messiah, right? You can still use that verse. You can still go up to other people, but I would do it in a different translation. I would say, well, well, right mm -hmm. here, she's saying the Messiah is going to come. And then his response is, I that speak to you am he. So like, I mean, are we really going to dance around that, that he's saying that he's like the Messiah, but mm -hmm. he didn't actually use his own mouth to say, I am the Messiah, because that would have been a slam dunk arena right there. And yeah. like you're saying, that would have made arguments a whole lot easier. But what we can do is take that verse and see it for what they were trying to say, and then kind of convey um, the, that message ish to like people. And it, you can still use it, just not probably in the way it was presented. I think yeah. you have to look at the NLT in such a careful lens in that way, you know? <laughs> so so like i think for you where it just helps you to read it easier because you're you're the type of person that gets hung up on like words and word order i do i do yeah you know and it's a deficiency you know about yourself and that's totally fine you're great at other things that i'm not great at fortunately i like reading comprehension is something that god's blessed me with the mind to be able to do um and so that's why we can have these conversations where i point those things out to you and you know, alert you to those kinds of issues so that you can be aware of that in your reading. And, and that's why we're making yeah. this show so that we can alert other people to those kinds of things as well. Because again, I bought you a, an NLT copy of the Bible, I think, right? Like I still I have it right here. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't know? have the, um, the, the sleeve on it, but that's because Sky took it off so it wouldn't get messed up. But yeah, yeah no worries. I'm, it's your Bible. You can do whatever, whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I hope it's useful for you. And, you know, it, I, if you can get into studying the scriptures, whatever, basically, except for the message, whatever <laughs> the, uh, the, the translation is, you're going to be you're going to be pretty OK. Any any standard English translation is is ninety nine point nine percent. So awesome. the one that you bought me um, is Greg Laurie doing a study Bible mm -hmm. um, using the NLT. And there's That's a cool. lot of. There's a lot of good um, like content here and like uh, there's a lot of good footnotes. Like basically, I imagine if I went like to just different random chapters, there's just like cool footnotes and stuff. And so like um, Sky was actually starting to study the Bible and like the, the footnotes have like been really helping her and stuff. But um, that's awesome. Praise one God. thing I'll one thing I'll, I'll have to alert her to is that this is a very paraphrasy Bible. And if you want to. Um, you don't get hung up on words specifically and, yeah. and don't try to form ideas off the words that you specifically see on the pages. Because like, I, again, like when he's saying I am the Messiah, that's the, the idea that he's trying to convey that yes. he is the Messiah. Do you know what I mean? And so it's not, yeah, I completely agree that <laughs> hey, I completely agree. Jesus is the Messiah. I completely agree that Jesus was communicating the fact that he was the Messiah to her. What I don't agree with is him using the words that "I language. am the Messiah," right? Yeah, he never, you're he right. Never did yeah. that. I don't believe he ever did that. Like, but when people would insist that he, uh, it's funny because, like, even the thief on the cross, when he was like, um, "Remember me when you come into your kingdom," he's basically telling him, "I, I, I see that you're the Messiah," and then him 
like acknowledging that was truly i tell you you're going to be with me in paradise today and that's him saying i am the messiah and it's it's funny because people had to come to that conclusion from the father revealing that to him to the to everybody i think everybody who understands christ to be the messiah that was god revealing that to us right exactly exactly it's like and and that's the again I, i love that you bring that up that's that's pretty much the point of why it was said the that way it was uh, for two twofold. One, because it, it allowed people who uh, didn't want to hear it to not hear it, and those that were his sheep could hear it and responded. Uh, but number, but number two, it, you know, if he had literally said, "I am the Messiah," that would have been the start of grounds to work on getting him stoned. So he, if he had been going around saying and claiming oh. directly, "I am the Messiah," "I am God." He says it without saying it. Is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly. Oh, I. So he, he's and walking so, on eggshells because he knows if he's if he's too blunt, they'll just kill him right away, and he won't get to spread his message and stuff like that. Well, it yeah. just wasn't the right time. He he was 100 percent in control of the entire situation of his crucifixion. So a lot of people don't understand and think that it was a tragedy that he got crucified. No, he orchestrated every single moment of that entire plan down to its very details him god and the holy spirit were all working together in that to accomplish his crucifixion okay and so if he had been saying i am god i am god worship me i am god the pharisees would have preempted their plan and would have just stoned him right then and there that mean yeah yeah that makes sense um so, yeah and now, and now I'm going to go with reading back through the gospel and just see how he says it without saying it. I want to, I want to like, I want to like see that lens where he's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I don't, I don't even know if this is an, it's an intentional move for sure. I'm just wondering if it's like, um, are, are you saying it's completely to avoid um, the, the issues and it's so he can orchestrate his stuff or you think so, it's a little bit of a humorous thing that God is doing at all? <laughs> look, I'm not going to say that I fully understand every single facet of why specific words are in the scripture that are in the scripture, because I think that there's a, a plethora of different reasons why each individual letter was chosen specifically. Um, but I do think that it was both, you know, because it was one because he wanted to give a message that those who didn't hear, who had a who who weren't his sheep, couldn't hear, okay. And so he says things in a way where, like, she responded well because she was one of his sheep that heard it. But if he had said that to someone else, they wouldn't have responded, understanding that he was the Messiah, right? Ah, uh, okay. And so they could have just ignored him, but. You know, so it's for that reason, but it's also, you know, for for all the other, you know, to to make sure that his plan goes exactly as he is orchestrating it. So it's it's there's a lot of different reasons for literally every letter that is chosen by the writer of the gospel to be used, in my opinion. Yeah, and and you're talking about the original language that it was written mm-hmm. in, not the English. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, thank thank you for the clarification there. Yeah, I'm ta- <laughs> when I when I'm speaking like this, I'm talking about the original, literally just the original manuscript. I'm not even talking about the first copy of it that already could have had a few minor errors entered into it. Oh wow, I didn't even think about it like that. You're saying as soon as the uh, it hit the the paper hit the pen for the first time, that's that was the mm-hmm. the perfect that, word of God. That is perfect. Okay, and then. What happened from there is in the New Testament, they got sent around as letters. And so you'd copy the letter over 
and send that to one church and the original would go to somebody else to copy into another letter to go to another church. And so um, those copies aren't necessarily 100% perfect, but what's cool is we can actually look at all the old fragments that we have because we don't have any of the original manuscripts, thank God, because people like the Catholics would be worship worshiping them. <laughs> but, uh, but what's crazy is... Uh, we have thousands and thousands of fragments and entire like manuscripts of all the different gospels of all the different books of the new Testament. And what we can do is we can see, well, here in this version, it's got a period here, but in this version, it doesn't have a period there. And in this third version, it's got this word here. And in this fourth version, it doesn't have that word there. And we can actually triangulate and use all of those translation all those uh, frac fragments to understand what the original words actually were. So we can oh, go wow. and do, uh, what they'll do is they have essentially put the all the fragments through an AI that actually goes and kind of uh, um, re-stitches together what the original must have been. So but This is almost like the dinosaur bones, bro. This is... <laughs> No, 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 it's not. It's not. It's not like the dinosaur bones. Because with the dinosaur bones, what they're doing is they're extrapolating based on less information. What we're okay. doing with this is we have more information and we're distilling it down to what was the truth. Okay. Does that make sense? So we yeah, have yeah, yeah. the full text of the Bible. Of the thousands of fragments that we have, we have every single letter of the Bible in its original form. We just need to sit we need to get rid of all of the extra stuff that was added and because we have so many different angles to look at it from we can remove all of that stuff very easily today oh okay does that make sense? that make sense so like yeah yeah okay uh we're actually right out about two hours right now so i don't know if uh what we what you want to you want to keep let's, going or um, how you want to end it let's man i <laughs> I I think we should end it um uh, just to keep it at 2 hours and um yeah cuz we're going to be pre pre recording yeah. this stuff and we're going to have to do um stuff and yeah so, yeah so uh so what we're doing just to remind everybody is I'm going to be in Israel for the next couple weeks and uh so we're pre recording this episode lord willing uh I make it to Israel safe and um I'll be running this episode uh live on Wednesday uh the next next wednesday whatever that date that is um and you can schedule think, it in advance to be live uh yeah with oh, restream cool. i can upload a file and then have it oh, play that file that's uh, cool okay so this will be live streamed not this will be streamed just not live um okay. and uh just for the viewers i think we're going to try to record another episode tonight if we can make our schedules work for that to happen so uh Hopefully we can kind of do a part two where there's not a whole week in between, which will be interesting. Yeah. Um, so, th so this week's episode and next week's episode, hopefully will be kind of a part one, part two thing more than, than other weeks. So does that mean you, uh, so, so we did one boom. Does that mean you're back on the 26th or the 2nd uh, of, of August? So I am back the 27th or the 28th. So oh, I will cool. be missing two Wednesdays but it won't be two weeks that I'm gone. Oh, okay. So cool. Uh, I think I'll be traveling back. Yeah. I'll be traveling back home uh, a week from this Wednesday. Yeah. And another, another way for you guys to enter yourself into the raffle is if you guys want to ask Ryan a question about Israel that I can also enter you mm -hmm. into our raffle. 
um, subscribe to our, our Faithful Dialogues channel on YouTube and um, just give us a comment. And then, yeah, do you want to, are you ready for the outro? Yeah, yeah, we're ready for the oh. outro. All right, let me go back. Um, well, again, thank you, everybody, um, for tuning in. Um, we normally go live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Kick, and Twitter, but we are pre-recording. Please text us at 833-262-6431 if you disagree with anything, anything that we say, like if you're from a different um, religion or anything like that, or if you're a Christian and you disagree with what we say or how we presented mm -hmm. it, please uh, text us at 833-262-6431. Um, I already mentioned subscribing and commenting on any of our videos to enter you into the Apostles Attic t-shirt giveaway. You can also choose your design if you win. Um, my name's Austin. Um, I do everything social-wise here on Faithful Dialogues. Um, be on the lookout if you like uh, my stuff that I'm going to be uh, promoting a channel coming up pretty soon. Um, but it's still in the works. I want to get a couple more videos on it before I um, start saying anything about it. But yeah, so you can find me here on Faithful Dialogues. Um, my my uh, Christ-centered clothing line is called Apostles Attic. And um, we are going to be doing the giveaway with that. And so, Ryan, what do you have going on? Uh, so I'm, again, going to be gone for the next couple weeks in Israel. So just be praying that that's a safe and the travel is uneventful. But that the... Uh... That the experiences are, are you know, hopefully life-changing and, and bring me closer to God. Uh, I felt like God's wanted me to go on this trip for the last couple years, and it's kind of made a way for me to do it. So I'm very thankful for that. So Lord willing, I'll be traveling out there safely tomorrow. Uh, and uh, very thankful for Christian, who's going to be driving me out there. <laughs> He's a oh, wonderful nice. brother in Christ, uh, taking me and, and my pastor Joe. Uh, we'll be on a short trip up to San Francisco. And then we'll be going out to uh, Israel from there after a couple hour layover. So that'll be a 14 hour. You were driving flight. to San Francisco? No, 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 no. We're flying. We're flying. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's a, um, it, it's a little late. It's a short little layover. Okay. But uh, yeah. So that'll be that'll be interesting. I've never been this far from the United States, or I won't. I've never been that far from the United States. So that'll be, that'll be a trip. <laughs> nice. Uh, so. So just be looking out. Uh, I'll be having a ton of different stuff from my trip in Israel up on AIIW.org. Uh, so it'll be cool. up on YouTube and Facebook, and I'll be just taking lots of video and pictures. And um, my understanding is that uh, we'll be trying to do a lot of recording of Joe. He's uh, He teaches a group called Devoted at Our Church, and he's lived over in Israel for a couple years, uh, teaching at the Calvary Chapel Bible College there. Uh, so he's got a really good understanding of the different locations and places that we're going to go see. And uh, I think he's going to do some teaching. Uh, I might Maybe I'll be able to upload some of that to my channel or possibly even to uh, some other channels and stuff that I'll, I'll let you guys know about. All right. So what about your social stuff? Um, where can we find your stuff? AIIW.org. Uh, or you can just find me basically everywhere as it is written. So that's what I do for my personal stuff. And uh, I hope to teach faithfully as it is written. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. So we will catch you guys later. I hope I think that I thank you guys for for joining us and, and giving us your time. Um, I thank you for making it this far into our video if you've been watching the mm -hmm. entire time. And I definitely encourage all of you to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, uh, if and just worship him in spirit and in truth like amen. uh like we were reading earlier in the in the scriptures <laughs> amen and uh you know I'm, I'm thankful for all those things too but i'm also thankful for my uh podcasting partner over here 
Mr. Hey, Austin. thank you, thank you. He's a, <laughs> I appreciate a wonderful, that, man. A wonderful Christian and, and just a great man to, to be friends with and very thankful for him. So, Likewise, brother. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. <laughs> All right. God bless everybody. We're also thankful for you, the audience. You're, you're a wonderful part of the show. Couldn't do it without you. Have a great week. All Goodbye. right. Bye-bye.